Thank you for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information about Home Church, visit us at myhomechurch.org. All right. Well, good morning again, guys. Good to be with you. We're, uh, we're hitting a real sweet spot with weather. Enjoy this the next two months. This is like the best time to have a tent right now. Um, yeah, it's really uh, it's good to be back with you. As Pastor Crystal said, missed you guys last uh, last Sunday, but it was good to get away and have some family time. Uh, we're coming into our final week of this rest month where uh, we've been busy doing things, but we've kind of just shut down some of the major ministry things that we do, and we're going to pick it back up. So after Love Day, just get ready. Evangelism starts back up on Wednesdays. Prayer rooms back open. Uh, discipleship groups are going to be formally rolled out. So there's a lot of uh, awesome things that are be coming up. Um, and, uh, and Love Day will we'll kick that off. But as uh, Crystal mentioned, um, today is a, is a special day for us. We have a great team of teachers here, um, but one of the downsides of that is that we don't always have uh, guest speakers come in, um, but we're really excited to have Jay with us this morning. I know a lot of you uh, have gone to know, yeah, give it up for Jay. He's awesome. We have a uh, We've built such a great relationship with Jay, and, and honestly, his, his, uh, really his spiritual family, Levi and Rachel are here, and they've become like part of this family as well, and so it's been really cool. Uh, our heart is always to link up, and, uh, and this has been one of the, the bodies that we've really just, it's been a, so smooth. It's been the Lord that we've just kind of moved step and step. We share a similar heart and want to see the similar things, and it's been really refreshing, and and so over the last, I don't know, years, few years, I don't know how long it's been, we've really developed a relationship uh, with Jay and his wife, Erin, who unfortunately can't be here today. But um, yeah, we've just connected. And, uh, and I felt led as we were in this Sabbath month, I, I, the Lord just put on my heart to ask him to come and, and speak. And, and, uh, and he shared some of the things that are on his heart, and it's going to be phenomenal. Um, Jay is, uh, and his wife are a part of a few different ministries, which he may tell you more, but the porch, you can, you can find these things online. The porch is, uh, is really, I guess, uh, it's a missional community. It's pretty cool. It makes disciples. If you love coffee, coffee's a big part of it and just doing life together. Uh, it's really a marketplace discipleship ministry, which is awesome. We need so much of that. And then he's also part of Kingdom Convergence, which is in Amityville, which I see that really as this training, equipping center for bodies on, uh, on the island and beyond. We've, we've been to plenty of events there and it's amazing and you'll see things online i encourage you to go as well so um i'll let jay speak more on that but can we just welcome him as he comes up to share he's going to be speaking our final week on the sabbath hey guys some of you uh are probably wondering who i am uh who's this random bearded guy no i am not pastor johnny's brother his beard is much more luscious than mine um, yeah, so like Pastor Andrew said, a few weeks ago, he, uh, he invited me to uh, come speak to you guys on Sabbath, and I just have to commend your faith, because the very first thing I said to him was, really? I'm really bad at that, and uh, I don't think you've ever even heard me really teach before. So listen, if you need faith, you need to get with Pastor Andrew, because he's got tons of it, okay? Um, but no, I'm really excited. I'm really, uh, I just want to really honor this house. Um, like, like Pastor Andrew was saying, uh, my wife and I lead a couple of different ministries. Uh, we lead the porch, which is Mitchell Community in Riverhead. We really feel like we've been um, prophetically and strategically planted in Riverhead to see that city uh, transformed for Jesus. Um, 
And we also, uh, we also do Leading Kingdom Convergence, and I have the, the privilege of being the director of the Convergence School of Ministry, which is a part-time ministry school out in Amityville. And the thing that happens when you're so involved in ministry is you forget that you need to be ministered to. And uh, this house has been such a Sabbath house for us, and I just want to really honor you. Um, because we've been, we've been coming here for probably about two years, and even when we're not here, we're, we're watching online every single week, and this place has just been a place of rest for us, and, you know, every time we leave, yeah, yeah, seriously, every time we leave, my wife's always, like, she's got this, like, entrepreneurial gift to come up with slogans, she's like, every porch needs a home, and, um, so you let me know when you want to copyright that together, and we can start marketing it, Okay. So yeah, so uh, I'm going to be wrapping up sort of what we've been doing on Sabbath, and um, it's interesting because, like I said, the, the very first thing that came to my mind when, when Andrew called me and said, hey, would you talk on this, was I'm really bad at Sabbath. I'm just not good. I'm this type of person that's all about, uh, you know, I'm very driven. I've got new ideas all the time. I can't sit in one place for very long. If I do, I feel like I'm dying. Can anyone relate to that? Yeah. Thank you. All the apostles, stand up, please. No. Um, so it sort of sent me into this spiral of like, how am I going to speak on Sabbath when I don't know how to sit and rest? And uh, it sent me on this like conspiracy rabbit hole, all right? I make fun of my wife all the time because she's part of these mom conspiracy groups. Is, are there any mom conspiracy moms? In Bless you. You are going to keep us alive. Thank you. <laughs> But it sent me on this, this huge conspiracy spiral. Like if I had a corkboard right here, I'd look crazy because there'd be strings everywhere and pictures and maps and all this stuff. Because what I realized is we've completely lost the discipline of Sabbath and we've replaced it with a religious day. And our culture is so set up to trap you in that that system that says, well, if I'm going to Sabbath, what I'm doing is I'm going to just not do my chores on Saturday. I'm going to nap. I'm going to chill. I'm going to let the kids fend for themselves. And yeah, right? All the parents, we'd love to do that. <laughs> but the thing is, is that Sabbath is so counterculture, especially for us in New York, where we have a, this sort of hustle grind culture, Right? that it's actually robbed you in a way, and I'm speaking broadly, I'm speaking to my own self, it's robbed us in a way of, of our calling as priests. Because what it says is, hustle culture says that you have to be in control. What Sabbath says is, God's in control. And so I started to kind of spiral a bit, and I realized that when we're talking about Sabbath, we're really talking about two things, right? We're talking about Sabbath day, and we're talking about Sabbath reality. I think Caesar talked about this a little bit last week, and you actually gave me a ton of language, so thank you. Um, we're talking about Sabbath rest and Sabbath reality. And here's what Sabbath reality is, and we're going to dive a little bit more into Genesis with this. Sabbath reality is what's going on around you at all times, because what it means is that God is still sitting on the throne, and he's still very much king. What Sabbath rest is, is it's sacred time that we set apart to realign our souls to that reality. It's a, it's a holy act that says that actually I'm going to give up my need for control and I'm going to realign my soul with holy purpose that God is the king and he empowers me. So 
And it's amazing because Jesus makes this so clear throughout all the Gospels where you see him kind of uh, releasing Sabbath reality and then escaping to Sabbath rest. He releases holy purpose and then escapes to Sabbath rest, right? So you guys with me? Yeah. Cool. Uh, I hope you packed lunch and dinner because we're going to be here all day. <laughs> Why don't we pray really fast and then uh, I'm going to really, really get into it, okay? Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, help. Amen. All right. So if you want to... Uh, <laughs> Listen, Jesus says, don't make your words flowery. Um, if you want to turn into Genesis, we're going we're gonna to really dive into uh, sort of this trail that I see going, right? Those strings, those conspiracy strings that go throughout Scripture. We're going to land on, on Jesus and, and how it is that he's able to sort of continually release Sabbath reality while living from Sabbath rest. You guys know Genesis breathes? Like Genesis breathes. And what I mean by that is when we follow the creation narrative that sort of flows through one through three, you ever notice that one and two like copy each other? It's intentional, right? So in Genesis one, we get what we would call in social work world, which is what I do, my nine to five, is uh, it's this macro perspective. We're pulled back, right? And the purpose of why we're pulled back is because God's establishing who he is and the order of creation. When we pick up the page, what we find is whatever this thing is that's in existence lives in chaos and unrest. I want you to hold on to that word unrest. It lives in chaos and unrest. And the very first thing God does is he establishes order. He says, let there be light and day. But the interesting thing is, is that the very first thing that he establishes is time. He says, light and day, and he calls the light day and the, the dark night, right? And uh, this is important for us because what he's doing from the very beginning is he's establishing that he is the God of time. He is the king of time, right? And as we follow through the narrative, we, we, you know, we kind of ebb and flow back and forth into creation. And it's interesting because the Genesis 1 narrative doesn't end in Genesis 1. It actually ends at the top of Genesis 2. That's where we get day 7, right? He's, he's not only ordering night and day as time, but everything's happening in days. So he's establishing again that he is ordering time. That there's something about time that brings about order. And he is the God of it, right? And what we find in Genesis 2 at the very beginning is day 7. Who knows what happens at day 7? I'm a teacher, so this is like kind of a weird environment for me. So like just yell stuff out. Day 7, what happens? He rests. Do you know what the word for rest is there? Shabbat. He Sabbaths. God goes through creation and creation climaxes with God Sabbathing. Is he taking a nap? No. The, the language is one where it's actually he sits on his throne. He goes through the ordering of creation, right? Where there's unrest, he, he brings order, and the climax of what was unrest is rest. Are you following me? Is that, is that okay? So he starts chapter two off with he is in Sabbath. Chapter two then spends the rest of its focus establishing humanity. Why is that important? It's because humanity is birthed in Sabbath. 
There's something unique about how we're made up that our holiness is wrapped up in the fact that we were made for Sabbath reality. Right? You know that you are made not just in the image of God, but the bearers of the image of God. Do you know what that means? That's actually, uh, it's actually icon language. It's iconography. You know, that, so like where, when people would go to the temple of Zeus and look at an image of Zeus, that's an icon. God's establishing something very different and what she's saying is, you as human are my icon. And there's something wrapped up in that, in, in your unique ability to represent God in the fact that you are born into Sabbath reality. That in Sabbath reality, when we, when we exist and, and align ourselves through Sabbath rest, that that's where we actually start to tap into holiness. I know I'm throwing a lot at you already, and we're like five minutes in, so get coffee if you need coffee. See, Shabbat has this interesting sort of paradigm, right, in the language. We know uh, English is not Hebrew. Hebrew is not English. Bible is not written in English, right? Where you can have one word mean like 20 different things. And one of the things about Shabbat is it's cease, stop, rest, dwell. That there's a, there's a dwelling reality in, in Sabbath. And this, the, the rest of Genesis is going to pick this up, right? So uh, Genesis 2... Verses 1 through 2, right? Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work uh, that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day. You guys know when God blesses something, he's making it holy. And made it holy because on it, God rested from all this work that he had done in creation. Why do you think there's no day eight? Because reality's just been going off from this point. Time's just been moving from this point where God sat on his throne in Sabbath. He's not left his, his position, right? There's never been a point in human history where God has gotten off the throne other than to become Jesus, which we'll talk about even more of how he's the Lord of the Sabbath there. But he's never actually left his position of authority throughout all of human history. And that position, what I want you to get in is it's, it's Sabbath rest. It's Sabbath rest. You guys know, this is random fact. I, like I said, I rabbit hole, man. I'm like all over the place. Do you know what Adam and Eve means? Adam means human and Eve means life. I just find that interesting that we're getting through this narrative, right, where, where God's established order, he climaxes on rest, we have the first two humans, and it's human life. The Bible's crazy, guys. You've got to read it. It's nuts. <laughs> so right after this, we find in Genesis 2, I know I'm throwing a lot at you. I promise you it's there. I just really want to get to the later stuff. Uh, we find in Genesis 2 this, this word where God... Uh, places Adam in the garden. God places Adam in the garden. Some translations actually actually say God rests Adam in the garden. And uh, this is interesting and it's important for us because what I want you guys to realize is the garden's a, t- a temple image. Yeah, do you know what I mean by that? The, gar- the garden's a temple image, right? So we have creation, we have Eden, and then there's a garden in Eden and in the center of it is this tree. And he establishes 
humanity, he puts Adam right in the middle of the garden and he tells him to tend the garden. He says, work the garden. That word that's there for work shows up again later on in, uh, in Leviticus. It's the, it's the priestly work. In other words, he's saying, this is your garden. This is your temple. Tend this holy place and expand it, right? Because in, in chapter one, he talks about expanding dominion. How do we expand dominion? You expand dominion when you step into your priesthood. <laughs> you expand the dominion of God when you step into your priesthood. How do you step into your priesthood? You realize that you're in Sabbath reality, right? Because again, Sabbath, I want you to hit on dwell. What do we find is going on in chapter three? God is walking with them. He is dwelling in the garden. I have a note here not to go into the tree, so I'm not going to go into the tree stuff. <laughs> See, humanity, right, you, say, me, I am holy. Sabbath rest aligns me with my holiness because it puts my eyes on the throne. This is the thing that gets cut off in chapter 3 because what happens Adam and Eve step out of their priestly role of stewarding holiness to define holiness for themselves they define truth for themselves when they take of the apple that God said not to do right it's a whole other thing I should have a note not to go into that here but I don't but what they do is they give up their their call as priests of the garden they have to leave the garden but here's the, the kicker as a human you're a priest no matter what you're a priest no matter what. What do I mean by that? You tend space. You following me? Look at any other uh, uh, part of creation. Humanity has the, the greatest ability to impact the space they are in for good or bad. Why is that? Because you are a priest no matter what. What Sabbath rest does is it aligns us back into holy priesthood. It aligns us back into that royal priesthood. Are we good? Okay, thank you. Sabbath rest pulls us back into Sabbath reality and it pulls us away from unrest, which is chaos. Right? So track with me. I'm, I'm going through this sort of rabbit hole on my own, thanks to Andrew. Thank you very much. And I'm realizing this thing of like, okay, when I'm in Sabbath reality, I have, there is order in my life. I am in rest, right? There's nothing, my, my life feels purposeful. And then I start to do the other thing, right, where I'm looking at like, okay, well, but I'm, I really have no rest over my finances, so I must not be living in Sabbath reality there. I have no rest in my relationship, so I must not be living in Sabbath reality there. And the Lord started bringing me on this journey of like, you actually get to bring that back through Sabbath rest. <laughs> You get to sit with me in intentional holy time to bring that to me. You know time is your most precious commodity? It's the only thing you don't get back. So when we actually set aside holy time, what we're saying is I'm making holy investment in putting my full attention on the one who deserves all of my time so that the rest of my life is brought back into order. Okay. 
So let's look at a little bit of like Tabernacle Temple. Honestly, we could live in Genesis 1 through 3 for the next year. Uh, but I, wanna, I just want to kind of give us a little bit of perspective on, on priesthood, temple, all that sort of stuff. You guys know that uh, prior to Israel leaving Egypt, there was no place of worship. God establishes a tabernacle, which is called the what? The dwelling place, right? That goes with Israel, and then they establish a temple, right? Who are the ones who, who are able to tend the temple? Just, I'm a teacher, right? Yell it out. Yell it out. Priests. The priests, right? The priests. And what do they do? Well, they, they steward sacred space. And what I mean by that is they steward holiness for the nation. And they facilitate sacred space, connecting God to the people and people to God. That's what the priests are doing, right? They're, they're responsible for the holy days. They're responsible for the holy practices. Uh, the high priest gets to actually go before the Lord in the ark. It's a, it's a garden. It's the garden. The outer court, right, is creation. The, the holy place is Eden. The holy of holies is the garden. And right in the middle, right, just like in the garden we have the tree, right in the middle of the holy of holies we have the ark, the, the place where God is, is dwelling, Right? And there's two main um, holy days I really want to draw our attention to because I really think it, it makes the, the punch of Jesus as Lord of the Sabbath. Like, I felt like I got hit by a freight train when I realized this, okay? Because the whole purpose of the, of the tabernacle, temple, priesthood, right, is it's God's answer to a problem. It's God's answer to humanity can no longer fully exist in the purpose I made for it. So now I need to set a people apart, Israel. And within that people, I need to set another group of people apart to actually tend sacred space. I need to actually create a holy priesthood, right? But you guys know that that, that role, that purpose was meant for all of us. That was, that's humanity's call, Right? Is why I, the, one of the things that drives me crazy, I say this to my students every year, don't tell me you're not perfect because you're human. Because the call of humanity is a high call. So God, <laughs> steal away. So he sets aside a nation. Within a nation, he sets aside a priesthood, right? And they, they're tending to sacred space. They're going before the Lord for, on behalf of the people. They're establishing a holy order, right? You guys know that there's chaos in these other nations. God's establishing a nation of order, and he establishes it with him in the center of it and people tending to him. If that doesn't blow your mind, like, that's crazy, right? But there's two, there's two days that I think are really cool. One is the Day of Atonement. You guys know what that is? The Day of Atonement. It's, it's sort of this high holy day that marks the end of the Jewish year, uh, and there's two, there's two big ceremonies that happen or two big um, rituals that happen. One is the sacrificial lamb, which, right, it's in all of our songs. It's in everything we do, the sacrificial lamb. But there's this other thing called the scapegoat, and both are equally important. And obviously the, the sacrificial lamb is the lamb, the innocent one who dies on behalf of the nation's sins. And the scapegoat is this interesting thing where the priest would actually speak the sins of the nation over the goat and then send the goat out into the wilderness. So that it was, it was not just our, is the nation being made holy through the sacrificial, but it's actually being separated from sin through the scapegoat. Okay. And there's this interesting thing because the Day of Atonement, one of its other names is the Sabbath of Sabbaths. 
The Day of Atonement has another name, the Sabbath of Sabbaths. Why? Because it's the day that the whole nation realigns with the purpose of the Lord. It's the day the whole nation steps back into holiness. I'm either doing really good or I don't know. <laughs> See, because from the very beginning, again, in Genesis 1, God is establishing holy order. When we stepped out, he didn't say, well, there goes holy order. He said, no, I'm going to set it up so that we are being restored back to holy order. Sabbath is the key, right? My pinboard, it'd be right in the middle with all the strings coming to it, right? Sabbath is the key. It's the thing that's in the middle of it all saying, come back to holy order. Set aside sacred time to come back to holy order. The day of atonement, the Sabbath of Sabbaths, is a day that the whole nation comes back to holy order, to holy purpose. The other thing that I want to point out is Passover, right? We know Passover. It's the day where we commemorate, or the, in the Jewish custom, they commemorate the day that the, the Spirit of the Lord and the, the angel of death, depending on your interpretation, comes over Egypt, takes all the firstborns out of Egypt and spares the firstborns of the Israelites, right? Um, there's a really unique thing that happens when that falls on a Sabbath, and that is the <laughs> it only happens every, every few years, and what it is is on the Thursday before the Sabbath, you, the, the uh, firstborn son of the house had to do what's called the firstborn fast, or the fast of the firstborn. There's like this sort of extra, extra holy uh, ritual that the firstborn son did on behalf of the whole family. Anyone guess where I'm going? Guess when the crucifixion happens. Um, are you guys good? I'm going to be honest. Like, Are there any questions on priests, temple, anything? Is it making sense? Is it clicking for you? Okay, good. Um, so this really interesting thing happens. I'm going to kind of jump into right after the crucifixion, and then we're going to go back. So John 18, verse 31, establishes a time frame for when, when the crucifixion and the resurrection happens. Are you ready for this? This is right after Jesus has, has, has died. He's still on the cross. It says, since it was the day of preparation, right, which is the day you prepare for Sabbath, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate uh, that their legs might be broken and they could be taken away. So in other words, there's this, this, uh, the time frame is Jesus is, is dying, right? His crucifixion is the day before the Sabbath. It's the day to prepare for Sabbath. Okay? You with me? Okay. If we track this whole, this whole event going from the, the Last Supper, right? <laughs> it's, it's establishing Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath in a way that's crazy profound. Okay? It's, it's him establishing again humanity's holy purpose by being the one who's taking on the fast of the firstborn, because he would have had to do that that Thursday. Right? The day of preparation is where we, we find him going from a garden through trial to a tree. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Andrew's smiling at me, so I'm doing good. <laughs> Isn't that that's nuts? And where does he go? He goes out from the city walls to a place of unrest. To do what? He, he, if you can follow sort of this brainwave, right? He's, he's resting again 
He's reestablishing the throne. He's reestablishing Sabbath reality. Right? It goes from a garden through trial outside into the place of unrest. Like you guys know Golgotha, the place of the, stone, the skull is like, it's not a place you want to be. It's a place of chaos. And he, in this holy moment, right, is reestablishing Sabbath reality through sacrifice. He's in the tomb on the Sabbath day. He's resurrected on the day, uh, on the day that you would, you would end Sabbath. So in other words, where if you follow, he's in Sabbath, or he's, he's in the grave, he's in the tomb, the day of Sabbath, and then he's reawakened into a new Sabbath reality. <laughs> it's crazy. And we know everything that happens, right, in the, in, in the in-between, right? The veil is torn. What was the purpose of the veil? To keep the people out. The veil's torn on the Sabbath of Sabbaths, right? This is the day of, this is the day of atonement. It is the Sabbath of Sabbaths for all creation, forever, for all reality. Like there's no, there's no turning the clock back now. The Sabbath of Sabbaths has happened as Jesus is on the cross being the ultimate atonement. The veil tears and now we're stepping into what? What was the, what was the purpose of Sabbath? Sabbath reality is God dwelling. God is now again dwelling with us. And not just with us, now he's dwelling in us. Right? This is good news. This is crazy. It also means that we have such a responsibility to steward our holiness. We have such a responsibility to come back into Sabbath reality. Right? And this is why, again, my whole perspective, I'm going to speak for me, of Sabbath is a day that I get to nap is, I mean, sure, you can nap in the presence. That's great. But if that's my ultimate experience of Sabbath, man, am I missing out on a whole lot of fun stuff. <laughs> right? My experience of Sabbath is I get to sit at the throne and behold him and be made new again so that the rest of my time outside of Sabbath rest is I get to actually breathe and impart Sabbath reality. That's the purpose. It's like, are, are there any comic nerds here? Listen, I know you're lying. Stop it. Where are the comic book nerds? Ah, there we go. Okay, so for all of you liars, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> One of the cool things about Superman is the closer he gets to the sun, the more powerful he gets. Sabbath rest is you getting closer to the sun so that you actually step into a powerful identity as a royal priesthood. But it's the linchpin for our holiness, right? And that brings me back to the whole thing of like all the places that I experience unrest, right? I can either choose to be really discouraged by that or I get to come bring that into Sabbath rest. I get to carry those places into Sabbath rest. And when I'm intentional in sacred time before the Lord, say, God, you're king of my finances. God, you're king of my heart. You're king of, of my relationships. You're king of my kids. You're king of my marriage. Let me actually just sit in that reality so that it transforms the way that I experience the rest of reality. And now the veil's torn, Resurrection Sunday. It's this, uh, there's actually a ceremony that would happen on that. It's called uh, Havdalah, 
which is an actual celebration. Sabbath ends in celebration. The Lord, <laughs> like, follow this with me. The old Sabbath goes in the grave with Jesus. We're now in a new Sabbath, and it starts with celebration. <laughs> the Bible's crazy. It's wild. And now this is the new Sabbath reality that is meant for all of humanity to not only experience but step into that you are called to be a partner in Sabbath reality as that image bearer of God, that living icon of God that when you experience Sabbath rest and step into Sabbath reality, right? If I step into that, you get to experience that I've just been in that presence. You get to experience that I'm living from that reality and then that rubs off on you and you're like, I need to get before the Lord and get into Sabbath reality. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. This is the, the Great Commission. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You guys know that this is a mirror of the commission that God gives to humanity in Genesis 1. This is the new spreading of dominion. How is it possible? Because he's going to the Lord. <laughs> right? This is possible because he now is sitting in Sabbath, on the Sabbath throne. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. That's how you get to go and do the crazy things I know you guys are doing in Mastic Beach. It's because Jesus is sitting on the, the Sabbath throne. He is Sabbathing in the presence. And now you step into that authority and get to release that reality. See, Sabbath rest keeps us in holy purpose, right? This is how 1 Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light, right? We can take darkness into marvelous light as unrest into rest, disorder into order. You are uniquely designed to carry holy purpose. There's nothing else in creation that can carry holy purpose but humans. That's crazy. And we've been so, I feel like, like, playing this game with one arm behind our back because our modern Western American expression of church treats Sabbath as either that's what you do on Sunday morning when you come to church and there's a reality that you need to Sabbath in community. That's true, right? But that's not the, that's not the complete expression of it. Or we've been told, hey, you need to just set like a day aside to la lounge out with a margarita or something. Like that's not, that's not Sabbath. Abraham Joshua Heschel, who was a uh, Jewish theologian, and um, he wrote a couple of books. He wrote a book on Sabbath, and he says, the higher goal of spiritual living is not to amass a wealth of information, but to face sacred moments. I feel like so much of what we do in our expression of, of church, right? And I'm not speaking to this house, because this house is flipping awesome. Um, but... <laughs> What I am saying, though, is our expression in the West is like we compartmentalize everything, and it's all about what can I experience and what can I understand. 
And Sabbath requires you to not have to understand anything and it requires you to get rid of your compartmentalization because it's not about you. It's not about how much you can control. It's about looking at the one who is in control and just saying, I trust you. I trust you. I can't do anything, but I trust you. And out of that trust, I get to be empowered to actually live in authority. I get to, I get to be empowered to actually live in holiness. See, holy moments position us for holy purpose, and holy purpose positions us for, like, the big word that we like to use in America is revival. Right? Holy moments position us for purpose. Holy purpose positions us for revival. Right? Because revival is not like a crazy tent meeting. Revival is actually your life is transformed through holiness, and your life transformed through holiness transforms your city into holiness, transforms your state into holiness, transforms your, your home, transforms your business, transforms all it. But it happens when we actually face holy moments and say, I'm just going to rest into Sabbath reality. Is that good? So I'm going to give you, sec- you guys some practicals. Is that okay? Okay. And again, this is like, I feel like a baby with this. I've been, like, I was raised in the church. My dad's a pastor, church planner, everything, and I feel like I, it's the beauty of the Bible. I get to be a student forever. Um, so some practicals, right? First thing is you've got to remember Sabbath reality has nothing to do with you. Amen. Sabbath reality is simply falling into and believing and resting in uh, God is on his throne. He's not left it, and he's still very much in control. That's step one, right? Stay on that step until that's real for you. Don't be like, all right, God, thanks for being on the throne. So uh, I have this and this and this to bring to you. Uh, If you could please get back to me within a 24-hour or three business days, that would be great. No, like really meditate. Like we have to get back to the discipline of meditation. Meditate on the fact that Jesus is on his throne He's not changed the subject. He's not moved. And he's still very much in control. Stay there until that's real. Stay there until that's real. Because what's going to happen is when it comes time to come back to Sabbath rest, you're there. It's not going to be hard, right? Did you know that the the average American attention span for an adult is two minutes? Two minutes. You know what it was 100 years ago? Five. But that's crazy. We've gone down three minutes in 100 years. You have so much access to you know, all this stuff. Instant, 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 right? God's the God of time. He's, you're not. You are on his time. He's not on your time. When we actually like, make the fact that reality is not about us, coming back to that place actually becomes really easy because I don't have to, there's nothing I have to do about it. If it's about me, I need to steward and maintain all of this, right? If I make, follow me, if I make Sabbath time something I have to control, I'm now master of it, and I can't do that. Every time I want to step into Sabbath rest, it's about me if, I, if I'm the, the master of Sabbath. If he's the master of Sabbath, I get to fall into his arms. I get to rest in him, Right? So stay on step one until it's real for you. He is the king on the throne. He's not moved. He's in control, right? Next thing you do is create a paradigm where Sabbath rest is important to you, right? 
in our hustle culture, again, we value, like the stuff that we value is how much have you done? Sabbath requires you to not do, it requires you to be. So step into a place where Sabbath rest is a core value that I have to create systems in my life where Sabbath rest is at the center of them. When that happens, you get to be at home making dinner for your kids in Sabbath rest. When that happens, you get to be brokering a new deal in Sabbath rest. You get to be knocking on doors here witnessing Jesus in Sabbath rest, right? Because how often do we make that doing? How often do we make that doing? How many souls have you saved today? Well, like three, but I, li- I was in Sabbath rest the whole time and Jesus was with me and he was sitting on the throne. How crazy is that? Uh, establish a sacred rhythm, right? So we've gone step one, step two. Establish sacred rhythm where you are setting aside those holy moments to step into holy purpose. Whether that's, you know, uh, one, of my, one of my favorite authors is a guy named James Clear. He's a, anyone, anyone read Atomic Habits? Yeah, I know you have. You have? Yeah, so he has this concept of like, so many people fail at changing their habits because they go like, well, I want to start waking up at 5 in the morning, but my whole system I've created is I go to bed at midnight and I get up at 10. So instead of being like, I'm going to completely shave off five hours of sleep, start in increments. Start small, right? Create a, a system, right, of sacred rhythm that works for you. Because if you don't, you'll get frustrated. So if you have nothing right now, start with 10 minutes. 10 minutes every day, I'm going to create... I'm going to create sacred rhythm. I'm going to start my day of just resting in Sabbath rest. And then maybe that builds into 30 minutes and maybe that builds into an hour. And then before you know it, you have a day where you're resting into, into Sabbath reality. Sabbath in community. I can't even tell you how important it is. Before we found this house, I'm just going to be vulnerable with you. Like, we were dying. We were, we were working full-time uh, on top of doing ministry full-time, and there was no community that we could find where we could rest. And this amazing thing happens where if I get to Sabbath in community, it doesn't matter if I don't feel rest because if rest is going up around me, if Sabbath reality is going up around me, it's really easy to tap into. It's really easy to tap into. So if you are struggling with rest, with Sabbath rest, of aligning your internal paradigm into the reality that God's on the throne and he's made you with identity and purpose and authority, if that's hard for you, that's okay. Get in community where that's real. Because you will rest into Sabbath in community. Don't make it religious, make it sacred. Don't make it religious, make it sacred. What I mean by that is don't do it to become holy. Do it because it is holy. Because here's the thing. Religious practice is, honestly, there's nothing wrong with it. But when we make it religious, right, again, I have to be in control of this. I have to maintain it. If I do it because it's holy, I get to step into it any time. Because I exist in a holy reality. Celebrate Sabbath. 
I don't think it's a mistake that the Lord's resurrected on the day where everyone's celebrating Sabbath. The new Sabbath is established on a celebration. All right, I don't know that you heard that. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> the day the Lord, like we know Jesus rose from the dead, right? He's alive. He's well, right? The day that he comes back is the, the day in Shabbat custom that you would celebrate the end of, of, the, of Shabbat. It was the day that you would celebrate the end of Sabbath. He chooses to launch the new Sabbath reality on the day that you would celebrate <laughs> I'm going to let you sit on that one. Because here's the thing. You actually can't be human without this. That whole thing Paul talks about where you're a prototype, there's nothing like you. You can't step into that reality without Sabbath. There's no one who earned their way into heaven. Everyone has rested their way into it because we've relinquished control and we've leaned in and said, Jesus, you're my king. That's what Sabbath rest does for us. It realigns us back into the order of the king. It realigns us back into holiness, realigns us back into holy purpose. It's 12 o'clock. Do I need to like tell the, go get the kids or? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, gosh, Jesus, help me land this plane. I'm going to have to land it. Okay, here's what I want to do. I want to actually create a holy moment. I'm going to have <clears throat> Levi and Rachel. Can you guys come up? Um, is it possible to get something going? I want to do the whole Benny Hinn thing where, like, there's the keys... <laughs> If you want to, unless you want prayer. There we go. We got it. I want, I want to try to facilitate a holy moment here. So what I want you to do is just close your eyes. I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to slow. He's the God of time. That doesn't mean he works on your time. I want you to slow. Just take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. You are breathing in Sabbath reality. Because he is the one holding those air molecules together that are coming into your lungs right now. There's never a moment that you are not out of this reality. Take a deep breath, slow. 
I want you to see him on the throne. Look at his face. This is the place where Sabbath rest happens. If you are feeling unrest, I want to invite you to bring that to the throne. Whether it's a circumstance, a person, a place, something from your history, you are in a moment of realigning holy purpose. Go ahead and bring that unrest to him. We're so happy you could join us on the Home Church Podcast. We pray this week's message encourages you to behold the Lord Jesus and bring his kingdom wherever you go. You can visit us online at myhomechurch.org subscribe to our YouTube channel, or follow us on social media. If you would like to give to this ministry, text the amount to 84321. Bless you.